Hello and welcome to the Science of Confidence podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things confidence to give you the edge. Hear the latest science on confidence and how you can apply it. Hear life insights from today's best minds on the subject and interviews with highly confident individuals to uncover secrets to exceptional confidence. In this episode, I share the three strategic approaches for how to build your confidence for upcoming situations and go into detail with a range of examples. You will learn how different situations require different approaches to developing your confidence to maximize your longer-term success. Let's dive in. The three strategic approaches are one, to maximize upside, two, to minimize downside, and three, to fail fast. Let's have a look at the first one, maximizing upside. This is all about going for glory. It's for when you need superior confidence for set or very specific times, where you want to deploy approaches that maximize your upside, situations which likely require an almost over-the-top confidence for a short duration, but which may also risk massive confidence and outcome fallout. Some examples of this are major competitive events where there is a while before the next opportunity, say for example, a tennis competition or a golfing competition or maybe a surfing competition. Other situations for this may be a boxing match or a presentation where maybe you're seeking approval or funding for a new initiative to proceed. Maybe even a job interview for the best company in your industry or for your dream job. Reflecting on the four types of confidence that we've discussed previously, maximizing upside is heavily focused towards events and situations where you need a champion's confidence. The champion's confidence is one where you already have confidence brought about through knowledge of the situation or skill sets or subject matter. And you also have the confidence of one with some experience. It may not be years and years of experience, but certainly with some experience. So it is building on this confidence base. You may be deploying rituals prior to and during the situation, both subtly and overtly. Think of tennis stars or football stars and the rituals and movements they make overtly before a serve or before an important shot at a goal. They have rituals prior to the event that they are undertaking that we rarely get to see as well. And they also have mental rituals and mental belief reinforcement that as spectators to a competition, we do not get to hear. If you're in a situation where you want to maximize upside, you also need to hold strong and highly assertive beliefs front of mind as you go through the situation. Your verbal and or body language displays will likely reflect this internal mind state. And as an observer to the event, you will see this. Consider the boxing ring. There you will see the verbal and body language displays of a person holding very strong and highly assertive beliefs front of mind as they ready for the event to start. Maximizing upside extends beyond sports competitions. Let's consider the presentation of a new initiative or investment opportunity to a key audience. It could be to influential and deep-pocketed investors. And you have one opportunity to get the next meeting with them 
towards the formalization of investment. The opportunity may not appear or be possible again for a number of months or ever with the same audience. You will need to be preparing extensively in advance of the meeting, practicing your presentation, bouncing off possible questions and your responses, considering the audience's possible reactions to the presentation, and also how to recover the presentation if it is going in the wrong direction. You'll be best placed if you also do some research on the investors you're engaging with and seek to have some influence over the venue or other presentation settings to maximize your chance for success. You may also practice your intros, your voice tone and other presence aspects and will certainly need to mentally reinforce empowering and limitless beliefs if you do not already hold them deep in your subconscious. In contrast to boxing, your verbal and body language displays of confidence will be more subdued, as is appropriate for your audience. It will nevertheless be present, and the certainty of the value of your initiative and your confidence in your ability for it to be realized will be seen through eye contact with your stakeholders, with vocal strength, with body posture, handshaking, choice of clothing, and your chosen degree of presence at the event, that is, how you interact with others throughout, both the key stakeholders and with others at the venue. You may also practice rituals, such as through the actions you take to prepare your presentation. Maybe you set up your laptop, your phone, your pen, and your paper in a set order or in a set layout before you present. Maybe you adjust some of your clothing just before you start to speak. Perhaps you adjust your tie or maybe you adjust, adjust the cuffs of your shirt or jewellery. These are rituals that you may have developed that give you the extra confidence peak to maximise your upside during the event. In these types of events and situations, you are seeking massive confidence, including overconfidence perhaps, and the event demands it. The absence of it would likely be a risk to the outcome you are seeking. These events will also be an occasion that can trigger a real drop in confidence, depending on the types of beliefs you have and how strongly they are held in relation to failure and or the nature of the activity you go through during the event. For example, going back to boxing, if you lose a boxing match through a points verdict after 12 rounds, that is a very different experience to losing it due to a knockout in the first round your confidence response will be different due to the actions that you have experienced during the event, not just based on the event outcome, which in this case is that you lost. This is seen as an acceptable risk or outcome of being overconfident for the event. One further point to call out is that the occasions best suited for the use of the maximizing upside approach have time between each occasion such that you have time to re-establish your confidence before the next occasion if you fail. Let's have a look at the second strategy, the second strategic approach to building your confidence, and that is to minimize downside. And this is for situations where failure is never okay or it's catastrophic. It's when you need a slowly increasing confidence and success over time. Some examples of this may include flying a plane, performing complex life-threatening surgery, 
a police negotiation involving the lives of others, or deciding to invest all of your family's money in one asset. The key and unique distinction with scenarios that are best for minimizing downside as compared to events or scenarios where you want to maximize upside is that if you are not successful or otherwise fail in these events or scenarios as a result of overconfidence, the result is almost always unacceptable for you or your family or your community. If you do not win a competition due to being overconfident, your confidence may take a hit and you may not achieve the outcome you want. If your actions as a pilot are the cause of a deadly plane crash or the cause of loss of life or a lifetime disability for a patient you are operating on or a strong contributor to the cause of serious consequences in a police negotiation with hostages and these actions are due in a big part to you being overly confident, this is not okay. The same is true for deciding to invest all of your family's money in a business, commodity or other asset or liability due to overconfidence and not doing sufficient due diligence or not listening to other qualified and experienced experts. One way to view this approach to building confidence is to deploy it when you need to ensure overconfidence does not trigger negligence on your part that has serious consequences for others. Or to say it another way, the approach of maximizing upside is best applied when the only person to experience the consequences of failure is you and that those consequences are not life-threatening. Minimizing downside is the best approach to apply when there are people other than yourself who will be materially and negatively affected by the consequence of your actions or where the outcome of failure for you is life-threatening. So what is different in the building of confidence with this approach as opposed to maximizing upside? For starters, this is a more measured, methodical, disciplined approach. There is a much greater focus on logical, intelligent and risk-weighted decision-making. You are not striving to win or to be the best. You are striving to accomplish the objective with minimum fuss and minimum risk of failure. It focuses on not taking action that may result in failure unless not taking it will certainly result in failure. Having a calm mindset and a belief structure that can handle highly uncertain situations very well is critical. In conjunction with knowing you have the ability to take appropriate action once identifying it based on what is actually occurring in the scenario you are facing. Let's consider the surgeon undertaking a life or death surgery on a patient. Firstly, they already have the confidence of one who is informed and of one who is experienced, and to an extent, of one who is a champion in their field. Highly complex surgery is allocated for those leading surgeons. The confidence of a surgeon in this situation is one of certainty. They don't need to make over-the-top displays of their confidence or engage in rituals in the same way that a, a sports person may. These actions may actually be seen by those around you as a sign of lower confidence. That is, why do I need to do this? Just get on with the task at hand, calmly and methodically. This confidence approach is one built up slowly with years of experience without failure and also via years of calm mental repetition of empowering beliefs and reflection and study on how to minimize risk and the risk consequences. 
and it's less so about winning or outdoing others. It is a confidence to ensure the outcome is achieved with minimum fuss. It may not be fast, it may not be impressive, but it will be achieved. It involves you taking actions and preparations to ensure that should things not go as planned, and that is not due to your unnecessary risk-taking, that you are both capable and ready to act to rectify the situation away from the point of failure. Using the investing example, if the qualified and expert advisors you have spoken with are consistently advising not to place large sums of your family's money in a given asset or investment, with logical and intelligent explanations for why, this is not the time to mentally repeat empowering beliefs about money and success and invest anyway as you may take in a scenario suitable for maximizing upside. The mindset to hold here is that these are trusted advisors and you have confidence in their collective wisdom. Using the aeroplane pilot example, the actions you may take to continue to build up superior confidence here is to take very small progressions towards more complex scenarios. Pilots are taught in this way, starting with you know, clear skies, light winds and easy takeoff and landing locations. And as they gain experience and better understanding of how to fly, they progress through more complex scenarios. The airline industry further reinforces this approach of minimizing downside, where they demand 5,000 or 10,000 hours or more of flying before a pilot can fly for a commercial passenger airline. If the same approach was applied for a tennis player for a competition entry, we may be waiting years for players to participate, where today they are able to win competitions so long as they beat other players. Sometimes this is after many thousands of hours and years of time. And yet at other times, winners can leap ahead and compete at the highest level after only a couple of years of experience. The third strategy is that of failing fast. This is failing your way to long-term success. It's for scenarios where failing fast is okay and likely to lead to increased confidence over time. This may include confidence with cooking a meal, with share investing, with going on dates. And in a sports game, it may be confidence in, in applying new skills or techniques. The third approach, that is the fail fast, is the best approach to apply when the scenario you are facing is repeatable without major delay, regardless of the outcome and where the consequences of failure are not severe. Confidence is grown quickly through multiple moderate impact experiences. Let's apply the examples, starting with cooking a meal at home. If you want to increase your confidence associated with cooking a meal, just get in the kitchen and start cooking. If you are not successful with the first one, you can clean up and start again almost immediately, either with the same recipe or with a different one. And you can do so again and again until you are feeling very confident with the one dish. Regardless of how many times you have failed before and the more frequently you do it, the faster your confidence grows. Maximizing upside is not the appropriate strategy with this scenario, as benefit opportunity is not likely great enough 
to warrant the extra effort strengthening your confidence and you would likely waste time undertaking rituals or mentally preparing your mind for cooking or researching up hours and hours of the best ways to cook a certain meal. Minimizing downside is also not the appropriate strategy as the consequences of failure are not generally severe and your time spent calming your mind or in years of research on the best ways to avoid a cooking incident are in excess of the negative consequences likely to be experienced. It would be seen as analysis paralysis, perhaps. And that's a good segue for a second example. Share investing. With share investing, as long as you're investing a set percentage of your income and not all of your family's money as we previously discussed, this is also an appropriate strategy. You look for a stock that you want to buy and do some research to make sure you are comfortable and then you buy the stock or not. It may do well, it may do poorly. If you spend hours and hours analysing the possible downsides of share investing, you may not ever end up investing. You may have analysis paralysis. Or you may miss an opportunity because the due diligence process you undertook was far in excess of what was suitable for the percentage of income that you are planning to invest and the likely return you're anticipating to receive. A simple example perhaps, but if you use But if you spend 10 days researching a company to invest in and you make an investment of $1,000 and you expect a 50% gain in one year, then you have essentially made $50 per day of research. How much would you have made if you researched for one day and made the same decision and spent the other nine days making money instead of researching companies? Fail fast. Making decisions in this way ensures that you learn more quickly and better understand the share market rather than sitting on the sidelines for the perfect investment when you are only making a reasonably small share purchase. Clearly, this approach will need to change as you invest greater percentages of your wealth, but for small investments, just get started. Let's look at a third example, going on dates. This is another great situation or occasion that enables confidence building through repetition. If the first date you go on is no good, you can go on another next week or tomorrow. There is no constraint on when you can go on another date. And the consequences of an unsuccessful date are generally limited to your ego. The sooner you get out there again, the sooner you have an opportunity to build your confidence with dating. Again, the confidence approaches of maximizing upside and minimizing downside are not appropriate. Maximizing upside may turn off your date. Actions such as rituals before or during the date, excessive displays of confidence may be unwelcome or be overbearing for your date. Your behavior actions may be seen as weird or make them uncomfortable. They may think you're trying too hard to win them over. It is a fine balance here between confidence and excess. Minimizing downside may result in a very bland date that may also not excite your date. It may not allow for the date to be somewhat spontaneous and ruin the vibe. Or there may be a perception that you are an uninteresting person as you are wanting to ensure the date reaches the end of the evening or the afternoon rather than you aiming to have a great time with your date and being okay if not everything goes as planned. The fourth example here 
is in applying new skills or techniques in a sports game. The best way to build confidence in the skill is to try often and fail often without going to the more advanced efforts required for maximizing upside or minimizing downside, as again, the potential benefits or consequences are not great if you succeed or fail in this skill. And you can repeat the skill the next time you undertake the sport or you have the ball during the game. Failing often and learning quickly are again what will lead to increased confidence in the use of the skill in the sports game you're playing. One of the better mindsets with this approach is that each failure is one more step towards success. Still have doubts with this approach? Perhaps apply it to a very simple scenario, learning to walk. As a child, the best way to learn to walk is to try and try and try again. Or put another way, to fail and fail and fail again. There is no need to apply techniques suitable for maximizing upside or minimizing downside. Just get out there and build confidence through failure. And over time, you will gain confidence. And the more you try, the greater the confidence. The summary for this episode is that there are three approaches to building confidence for any given situation you are dealing with. And these are maximize upside, minimize downside, and fail fast. The maximizing upside approach is best deployed when there is a material gain possible through the situation for you and where the occasion to do so does not arise frequently, but where failures are also not life-threatening for you. The minimizing downside approach is best used when there are people other than yourself who will be materially and negatively affected directly by your failures, where the outcome of failure for you is life-threatening. The fail-fast approach is best deployed when the consequences for a situation, both positive or negative, are reasonably low impact, and where the opportunity to try again is just around the corner, so you can fail fast and keep trying the next day. Knowing which scenario you are about to face and then applying the right strategic approach to developing your confidence will do wonders for your confidence levels throughout your life. In the next episode, I will explore the connections between actions, thoughts, conscious beliefs and subconscious beliefs and how they influence and mould each other. You will learn how your confidence is influenced by your actions almost as much as it is by your thoughts. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast. I really appreciate it. Do subscribe to my podcast channel if you haven't already, The Science of Confidence. And I look forward to sharing a whole heap more insights on confidence with you on the next episode to give you the edge.